Praise the Lord. It's good to be in his house today and good to be with each of you. And uh, I'm so thankful that we have one more opportunity together to uh, worship the Lord and to hear his word. And uh, as always, uh, it's not lost on me that uh, as we talked about a little business this morning, nowhere uh, is Pastor BJ obligated to uh, give time in the pulpit uh, to me or anyone else for that matter, but I'm thankful that he's gracious and generous uh, with that and uh, count it a great, great honor anytime I have the opportunity to stand before anybody and uh, share the word of the Lord. I want to thank a, a few of you in particular, uh, not one at a time, but you know who you are that I called on uh, earlier in the week. Uh, and I would have loved to have been able to have time to call every one of you because uh, I know you would have been faithful with this as well. But uh, I just had a particular opportunity this week come my way uh, to minister to a family that was just different in the way it, the, it, uh, it all came about. And uh, I just uh, sensed very quickly, very clearly that uh, I needed more than just my typical approach uh, to things and how the Lord has helped me and taught me over the years and just felt a, a spiritual a battle and a hunger and a depth there that I didn't fully understand. And uh, several of you uh, were agreeable to go to prayer with me and for me for that time. And uh, I'm thankful for the way the Lord showed himself faithful and spoke to uh, a hurting family. And I just want to thank you. And uh, uh, we need each other that way. Um, it is not an insignificant thing that every one of us are active prayer warriors for one another. Uh, we need that. And today with uh, the message uh, being about talents, the one that I think is probably the most overlooked is being a prayer warrior. Um, and uh, I, I used, I've always loved... Uh, the hymn and the, and the notion, the understanding that uh, one of these days, Lord willing, I will be an old man. And when I'm old, there will be things that I could do now. There will be things that I could do 20 years ago that I won't be able to do then. But I will still be able to pray. I will still be able to be the strongest prayer warrior for the Lord and for those whom he has put on my heart that I have ever been. When this body is frail and worn out and it's, uh, it's uh, trying to think about walking across the floor, I can pray. And I, I pray that the Lord will, will uh, give me the wherewithal to be able to be that prayer warrior to my last breath. And uh, some of you have laid aside the, the daily lifting of the, the burdens of youth and, and a younger life and, uh, as active as you once were. Don't you quit. Pray. Be a prayer warrior like never before. You can do it, and we need you to do it. So uh, I just want to, as Pastor BJ says, that, that's free. <laughs> that's the message before the message. But uh, the Lord just uh, seemed to be impressing that upon me this, this morning. And I just wanted to say that to you. Uh, everyone can be active in service and ministry within the church and to the Lord through prayer. Every single person. But I also want to kind of direct our, our thoughts this morning to the idea of talents. Uh, 
what is this concept, this idea that we, that we talk about in our world about, about talent. Too often, uh, it has been said when it comes to using gifts or talents for God, uh, something like this. Well, I'm not talented like they are. Or, I don't have the gift that they have. Do, do you notice a common theme between those two? Comparison. Not just I don't have talent or not just I don't think I have a gift, but I'm comparing myself to another person. I'm measuring myself against another person. Could I lighten your load today and tell you that God has never asked you to look over at your neighbor and compare your spiritual worth or value or goodness based on how they're doing? He's never put that on you or me anywhere, ever. But we do a pretty good job of putting it on ourselves, don't we? And there's an enemy of our soul who loves to magnify it and amplify it and heap it on day in and day out. But let's just commit right at the very beginning. When it comes to talents and gifts and what the Lord is desiring for us to be about His business, as Jesus said years ago, didn't you know I'd be about my Father's business? And whatever that looks like for us, He has never said, and make sure you do it better than the person next to you. Make sure you always measure yourself by how, how well the next person's doing it. You'll only be a success if you're doing it better than they are. He's never told us that. Just be about his business. The failure is when we fail to do anything. Years ago, we had a general superintendent in the Church of the Nazarene. There was a squabble, an argument. Can you imagine that, that anything like that would happen in the church? Over, over how Nazarenes should live in the world. Should they have TVs in their homes or should they not? Should they have worldly adornment upon their bodies? Or the, how they dress or where they go or what they do or not? How should We need answers to these things, right? These are big, life-changing questions. And with the wisdom that God had given him, he walked down off the, the podium and took his place among, at a microphone stand where anybody could come to that felt led to uh, express uh, something to the whole body. And he simply gave this, this uh, wisdom to everyone that was there. I'm not concerned that we'll go in the wrong direction. We care too much about all of this to ultimately go in the wrong direction. My greater concern is that we won't go at all. When it comes to talents and gifts, I don't believe that God is looking at us and that He's near so worried that we're going to mess up or fail or not do it right or not do it the best or not do it better than everybody else. I believe he's much more concerned that we won't say yes and we won't do anything at all. We'll just waste what he has created us for, what he has intended us to do. We, we will miss the adventure that he wants to take us on. We'll miss what he wants to do and how he wants to use us in his kingdom and for his glory and for the benefit of everyone else around us. Let me tell you a little bit about me. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. But did you know that I never walked until I did? That's true. You can check out the facts on it. I, uh, 
I never drank from a regular adult cup until I did. Never did it before. I, uh, I never wrote my name. Took a pencil or a pen and wrote out my name, cursive, print, or otherwise. I never did that until I did it. I never rode a bike. Never balanced, never kept it. I never did that until I did. I never drove a car until I did. How many more of these do we need? I never made a shot in basketball until one day, wonder of wonders. I did. I did. I did that all on my own. And it was still at 10 feet. Don't some of you try to... Wasn't the kitty go. I did it. I didn't graduate from high school or college until I did. Now I know we're starting to separate a little bit. In the church, I was never a treasurer and never a board member and never a Sunday school teacher and never a worship leader and never a pastor until I became one. I had never done any of those things, ever. Zero experience in any of those things until I did them. I was never a husband or a father until I became one. Zero experience. Isn't it interesting that God brings to us some of the most vital roles in all the world and He asks us to do them with zero experience? Could it be, could it be that the mystery is bound up in this? If we will trust Him to live in us and through us, nothing is impossible. That almost sounds like Scripture, doesn't it? There, I, I believe this with all my heart. There's at least one person here today that if you'll get a hold of what we're talking about, it will change your life forever. And that may be the oldest person here. It may be the youngest person here. I don't know. But if you'll get a hold of it, it will set your life on a whole new trajectory and it will change you for God's glory, for everybody else around you, for their benefit, and certainly for your benefit. So when we talk about talents, and I mentioned this uh, to uh, Michelle and Pastor BJ as we were talking this morning, there's something that occurred to me as I was preparing for this message, and I think it's, I think it's something that gets overlooked a lot in the church. There's a big difference between gifts and talents. Uh, we know the gifts of the Spirit that are listed for us in Scripture, but I think we do need to take just a little bit of time to drill down just for a second. And, uh, and the, for those of you who... Bible quizzing, you may not know this, but Bible quizzing in one of its most original forms started as someone would call out a text and everybody would open their Bibles and whoever found it first. Before there were questions, before there was uh, examining of uh, deeper ideas that were in the text, it was, find, can you find the verse? <laughs> Do you know where it's at? So, I'm going to give you a little exercise this morning. Hope you have a Bible with you. If you don't, there's one around you. But we're going to look at uh, um, 
quite a few scriptures. And to make it real interesting, they're not going to be on the screen. Some of you thought you had it figured out, didn't you? I got this. But I want us to take just a little, a little time this morning to look at this, this idea, the difference between talents and gifts. Suffice it to say, the difference between spiritual talents or spiritual gifts and natural talents is pretty significant, but it's not always obvious. Spiritual gifts are given only to those who are born again believers in Christ, while natural talents are received by anybody, everybody. You can be talented and not be a born again believer. There's plenty of examples, right? People all over the world, people you know, they are as talented as all, as all get out. It's, a, it's astounding, but they don't know Jesus. But a spiritual gift is imparted from the Lord through the Holy Spirit to a believer. There's a big difference. They, they are similarly, here's where they're alike. They are alike because they are both blessings from God. God is the creator of all life, the giver of all life, right? You didn't draw a breath without God gave you that talent. And you know what? I never thought about breathing being a talent until I began to occupy the halls of hospital rooms and, and learned. And those of you who work in those fields and emergency medicine and other things, you know that just breathing can be one of the greatest miracles that takes place. Just the act. It, it really takes a lot of mechanisms working right and in the same rhythm and doing it all together. It's, it's, it's really a wonder when, when we're able to just take a deep And if you've ever been in a situation, health-wise or other, where taking a deep breath was almost impossible, you know what I'm talking about. You live every day with gratitude when you can just go, Thank you, Lord. All right? It's a talent. And, and, and God's Word tells us that apart from Him, we can't even do that. We're just dirt on the ground. He is the author of breathing. He's the author of taking Adam just molded from clay and saying, life. Take a breath, Adam. It's the first instruction God ever gave anybody. Take a breath. Come to life. And I will never forget the day that when Sarah and I, our daughter Leah, was born. She's the only one of the seven that I, I literally, the way everything worked out, I was, I was not only there for her birth, but I saw her take that first breath of life. She had not yet cried. She was pale as chalk. And, and they hadn't done all that nasty stuff they have to do to babies right after they're born. But they did. And in that moment, I watched her. And you could just see the life. Just... Unbelievable. But let's get back to this notion of spiritual gifts and talents and the difference between them. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 through 7, and I'll give you a chance to turn there. 1 Corinthians 12. Here's the, here's the thought. Spiritual gifts are received while talents are inherited. Spiritual gifts are received 
while talents are inherited, or we could even maybe say they're, they're learned, they're practiced, they're developed. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one And the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So here's a little caveat. Once again, we've already touched on it. But we should never compare or judge ourselves to someone else around us when it comes to gifts or talents in our life. Why? Because we're not the author of them. We're not the distributor of them. We don't have sovereignty over who gets what, when, or how much. Paul would have us to understand that that's the role of the Spirit. We receive in the measure that He desires to give it, and we are grateful for it, and we should never compare ourselves to the next person. Because what He gave to me or gave to you is different for His purpose, for His plan, for His glory. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Spiritual gifts are received while talents are inherited. Second thing, spiritual gifts are acquired by only the saved, while talents are acquired by both the saved and the unsaved, the believer and the unbeliever. I, I, again, I have, I have known some people in my life who, who, who did not know the Lord and did not desire to have a relationship with the Lord. They were, uh, what's a good word for it, scoundrels. But they were talented. Oh my goodness, so talented. And, and the pity of it all was they possessed talents given to them by the Lord, and they would in no way acknowledge it, couldn't see it. And even worse, sometimes they just squandered it, didn't use it, didn't put it into practice. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10. Ephesians 4, verse 10. If you find it first, raise your hand. No, I'm just joking. Ephesians 4, verse 10. He who descended is himself also He who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Again, there's a a vast difference. We, We haven't yet heard any of the writers of Scripture say in and the, the, the talent to shoot a basketball or the, the talent to do something beyond the, the, the life of the church yet. We haven't got there. But let's not miss the point here either because we often get this uh, out of line even in the church. He has called some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Look at it there. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. 
How does it usually wind up? Let's, let's see if I could read it the way it usually winds up. He gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to do all the work so the saints wouldn't have to be equipped to do much. And somehow the body of Christ would still be expected to be built up. How, how close am I? I only say this because, uh, at least to this point in my life, I, I was a layman, not called to any of these roles longer than I have been. So for a few more years, I still have a little bit of experience to be able to say I've been on both sides. Um, and having served in some of those roles as a board member or a treasurer or the custodian or the catch-all or whatever, I, I know what a tremendous amount of work goes into those things, time, energy. And it's hard when you're... It, it would be hard if you had nothing else to do but that. It is hard when you have nothing else to do but that. But when you're also trying to balance a job and family life and all those other things, it becomes infinitely more difficult. But it can also be infinitely rewarding as well. But don't miss it. There's a purpose in it all. And here, here's why this matters to each and every person here. Because God has intended that the body of Christ be built up, but it will never be everything He intends for it to be unless you're a part of that building. If, if you are one who chooses to say, I just want to be a spectator. I, I, I don't want to play any kind of active role in the life of the church, in my faith. I don't want to, and, I'm not, and, and please don't misunderstand me. It doesn't all, and it should not all happen in this building and on these grounds. We're missing it terribly if that's what we think. This ought to be a time where, where we hear reports of how the majority of the life of the church has been happening far beyond these walls and far beyond this property. This is the place where we ought to gather to celebrate all that the life of the church has been doing. But if you're not participating, if you're not Seeking the Lord to say, what's the gift that you've imparted to me or that you want me to put to use for the kingdom? What are those talents that, are, that, that, are, that others may see in me, and maybe I do and maybe I don't, that you want me to be using for your kingdom and for your glory? And, and how can I be active in putting those into service? If you're not doing that, then PCN will never be everything God longs for it to be. We'll, we'll be a good church, we'll be faithful, and we'll be effective, and there will be good things happen. But it won't be everything God desires it to be if you aren't playing your part. Spiritual gifts are matured and oftentimes surprising while talents are developed and expected. Did you get that one? Spiritual gifts come through maturity but they're also often surprising we'll surprise ourselves when we, we lord lord show me help me to understand help me to know and a lot of times we're the last one to know somebody else boy you know you really god's really given you a gift for that god's really given you a, you really ought to be using that for the lord 
I couldn't tell you the number of times I heard that before I ever went into the ministry. And guess what? At the time, I didn't want to hear it. You don't know what you're talking about? You're talking to the wrong person? Go find somebody else? I don't want to hear it. It Wasn't that a great attitude? Can't imagine how much that thrilled the Lord to get to work with that guy. Don't want it, don't need it, couldn't afford it if I did. I know. But when I trusted him, when I stepped out and said, okay, Lord, and I, I wish I could paint the picture of you that, oh, it was so glorious. Here's the reality, folks. I fought the Lord and I am ashamed. I'm ashamed of the years I missed that I could have been totally surrendered fully surrendered to everything he wanted to do in my life. And because of my stubbornness and because of my pride and because of my selfishness that needed to die on a cross, I missed some vital opportunities, some good years of my life that I could have been more focused and I could have been more intentional and I could have been living from a heart of love and a heart of service and a heart of desire that said, Lord, whatever, whatever you want, I just want to do your will. I just want to follow you. I just want to be what you would have me to be. And you can have it all. Hopes, plans, wishes, all that I am, all that I'll ever be. It's yours. It's better in your hands. It's better surrendered to you. It's better given over to you. But I fought it. And I pleaded with God and I tried to make deals and I tried to get around it and work under it and over it and through it. Mary Ellen and I had a long conversation about this last night. Probably a lot longer than she wanted it to be. But it was good for me. And that's okay. It's part of why I had her. Why Sarah had her. In uh, Ephesians chapter 4, we hear Paul's words. You can turn there if you want to. But he says, As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine. There's maturity. We're supposed to grow up. That's a message the world needs to hear today, isn't it? We're supposed to grow up. Not tossed around by every wind and wave and by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head of the church, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. God has an amazing tapestry that he wants to fit every one of us into. This thing called the church is something that he desires for everybody to be a part of and everybody to have a place and everybody to have a role in the kingdom. And he's gifted us and, and given talents and, and we have these things in great measure, many of us. Too often they are wasted. Too often they are left unfulfilled, unknown. What a pity to get to the second half, the latter years of life and only be able to look back and say, I wonder, I wonder what might have been. What if I had said yes? What if I had trusted? What if I had 
I had stepped out beyond my comfort zone, beyond what I knew I or felt like I had control over or I could take care of. What if I had said, Lord, you can have me. You can have my life. What could it have looked like? What might it have been? I do not want to arrive at the end of this journey and say, Lord, I regret. I regret. I'm sorry. I missed it. All you were asking me to do was trust you. And for far too long, I just said no. I was afraid. I was scared. I wasn't confident. I didn't trust myself. Others may have even talked me out of it. I listened to the wrong people. You name it. The list goes on and on. But if we would trust Him, if we would put our faith completely in Him, God desires to use each and every one of us for His glory and for your good and for my good, all of us working together. One of the things I have always loved about being a part of Pittsfield Church of the Nazarene is there has always been an active stream, an active group of people who said, my life is more than just what happens inside these walls. My life with Jesus, my walk with Him is more than just what goes on on Sunday and Wednesday. And I've loved that and it's been beautiful. But it's not all of us. And it could be. And what a wonder it could be if we were all fully surrendered to the work of God. One more on these talents and gifts. Spiritual gifts and talents come from God. Spiritual gifts and talents both come from God. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6, he says, You alone are the Lord. You have made the heavens, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is in it. The seas and all that is in them, you give life to all of them, and the heavenly host bows down before you. Translation, he created it all. You can't talk about a gift, you can't talk about a talent, you can't talk about anything good on this planet and say it came from anywhere else other than the hand of the Lord. He created it all. And so, maybe you have been given a talent. Something that you just do particularly well. When I was coaching basketball, I would sit with the head coach after uh, games and after practices, and he would kind of shake his head sometimes, and I would say, what, what are you thinking about? And he'd say, you know, there's a couple of players on this team. They work harder than anybody else. They show up before anybody else. They're the last ones. We've got to run them out of the gym. They, they, they give it everything they've got. They're just missing that little bit of talent, that, that, and he would say, that God-given talent that would just put them over the edge. And I wish I could take some of the others that are talented. Man, they, I mean, there's nothing they can't do. They don't even have to think about it. It just happens. They were built for basketball, you know, that kind of. But they have a horrible work ethic. I can't get them here on time. They don't, they, they, they don't work. They don't care. They don't, their attitude's terrible. But what could you do with a talent that's given over to the Lord? He created it all. He, he made it all. The, the spiritual difference, the difference between spiritual gifts and natural talents ought to be obvious that they are received 
They also surprise us. They come with maturity. Gifts ought to be used solely for the command of the church, for how God intended them to be employed. Natural talents, some of them are just flat out inherited. Well, his dad was good at it. Look at it. What do you expect? We know people like that, right? He just, of course, it's, it runs in the family. We say that, right? We don't just say it for no reason. We see it. They're just, they're just naturally gifted at that. Natural talents can be inherited. They can be received by those who aren't saved as well as those who are. They can be used for even selfish and personal gains. Never employed for the work of the Lord. So how do we go from not using gifts or talents that the Lord may have imparted to us or that are there, that He's waiting for us to say yes, that He's waiting for us to surrender? How do we actually put those into work? Well, if you know me at all, you know that one of my great hobbies is collecting quotes. Uh, words are powerful. And all my life I have been drawn to when I hear somebody say a little nugget that just caps, captures what I'm thinking or what I'm trying to figure out or what, and I'm just like, oh, okay. mental note. And I, all my life, I, it's a talent probably. <laughs> Let me give you a few. Do the extra stuff that most others won't. That, my friend, is success. Do the extra stuff that most others won't. That is success. You'd, you'd be amazed how much success would be in your life if you'd just be one of those people that says, I'll just do a little bit more. I won't quit when others would quit. I'll just do a little bit more. Now, don't get me wrong. That'll only take you so far. But you'd be amazed at what could be accomplished in your life if you lived each day with saying, I'll just, I'll just do that little bit extra that other people aren't willing to do. That, others aren't will, that, that little bit more that other people aren't willing to pay. That price that I, I will. You'd be amazed. Here's a, here's a great one. If you hold your talent, it will never be more than it is right now. If you keep it to yourself, I promise you, it will never be anything more. But if you give it, to God, it will never be less than it is right now. You give it to Him, and I guarantee you, it will never be less. It will always be more. He will take it. He will use it. He will use you in the kingdom. And you will be amazed at what He will do through you. You supply the grit, and God will supply the grace. I like that one. You supply the grit. God will supply the grace. Here's one I've heard all my life. Pray like it all depends on God and work like it all depends on you. It's quite a balance there, isn't it? Pray like it all depends on God and work like it all depends on you. If you can balance those two, you've got something very special. We tend to not to do too well with balancing it, don't we? With God, all things are possible. A good friend of mine in ministry reflected on that verse this way. You can do a lot for God, but you can do a lot more with God. Think about that one for a second. You can do a whole lot for God, 
And I'll be the first one to tell you, I've, I've given a lot of energy over the years to just doing a lot for God. But I have, I have found I can do a whole lot more when I'm doing it in cooperation with Him and letting Him lead. Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Sometimes the best thing God ever tells me is, would you just stop? It's the best thing He ever says. Would you just take a breath? Just stop for a second. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do or say, do it all as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our talents ought to be employed. Well, there's some obstacles to overcome if we're going to use our talents and our gifts for the Lord. If they're going to be released into the service of the kingdom, let me go through these real quickly. I won't make you look them up. You can... Jot them, jot them down and look them up later. Identification. you got to know the gifts there. Pastor BJ has offered and, and done a wonderful job of helping some that have come to his class on spiritual gifts. What, what, what is it? It's hard to employ something you don't even know is there. You don't even know what to call it. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. A lack of knowledge will lead to destruction through rejection. I didn't know it. Didn't know it was a gift. Didn't know it was a talent. So I just didn't use it. Didn't think I had it. Didn't see it. So I didn't put it into practice. Identification. Another one, comparison. Matthew 26, Peter replied, Even if all fall away on, your, on account of you, I, will nev- I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Translation. Comparison, thinking yourself more highly than you ought to, will always get you in trouble. It always will. Romans 6, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, Paul says, We have have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Don't compare yourself to someone else. Use the gift God has given you. Put it into practice and trust that whatever it is, whatever portion it is, whatever extent it is, it's it's in His plan. Don't compare yourself to someone else. I've said it before, and it's something that helps me so much. There are lots of people out there who can preach this gospel so much better than I can. But there is nobody who can preach a better gospel than I can. Nobody. Nobody can declare a greater message or a greater truth of salvation to the world than this one right here. And God has given me the opportunity to do it. Many can do it better, but nobody can preach one better. Praise His name. It it just encourages me to know that I may not be everything that I, I should be or could be or hope to be, but His Word is more than enough. And that's what we give. That's what we offer. We're not calling people to ourselves. We're calling people to a Savior and to His Word that is true and faithful. And it will never 
fail. Don't compare. Another obstacle, confidence. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we have asked of Him. Give your talent to the Lord. Release it to Him. Let Him have His will and His way, and He will amaze you at what He will do. Give it a trial run. I am so thankful for the people in my life who came along at just the right time when I was doubting myself and sure I couldn't do it and I was determined to quit that said, just give it a try. Just give it a try. Well, I mean, you, you've already failed if you say, if you don't do it, that's a guarantee. So why not at least give it a try? You'll have only failed twice. What's the big deal, you know? <laughs> but give it a, don't, don't, don't fail because you never tried. Okay? Don't fail because you, you never even attempted it. If you go down, go down swinging, you know? We can all do that. Every one of us. Lord, help us. Well, there are lots of benefits that we can receive when we put talent into practice, when we put the gifts that God has given us, when we identify them, when we don't compare ourselves with others, when we give it the best shot we can give it, and we trust the Lord with the results. There are lots of benefits for us to receive. You become the channel that the Holy Spirit flows through. If you've never felt that thrill, that exhilaration of knowing that in this moment, the Holy Spirit has taken over and I am doing exactly what He wants me to do. If you've never felt that, you are missing out. It's the sweetest spot in all the world. To know that in this moment, it wouldn't matter if everything else around me was coming to the ground. I am where he wants me to be, doing what he wants me to do, and he is using me for his glory. And he will do it for each and every one of us if you'll just let him. If you'll just let him. I'd like for the worship team to come up. I just want to wrap things up with this. Maybe you'd see this coming, maybe you wouldn't. But at the end of the day, talents and gifts are not even the main point. They're not even the main, the main point. It's a benefit. It's something we receive. It's something we may have inherited. It's something God calls us to, to put into practice in the life of the church and in the life of the world around us. But that is not even the main point. What is the main point? Faithful obedience to Jesus when he says, come follow me. That's the main point. Whatever, however else it unfolds, whatever gifts or talents, however he chooses to put those into practice or, or distribute those to you, that's secondary. The main point, follow me. Follow me. John chapter 21, verse, 19, verse 18. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. This is Jesus speaking to Peter. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow 
me. There's an exclamation point there, and my pastor has taught me that I, I, I can't get away with just saying, follow me. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Right? Peter turned. Watch it. Can, can you imagine being in Peter's shoes? The Lord of everything has just said, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved, John over here, not Peter turned and saw him. Lord, what about that guy? What about him? I love this. Jesus, to Peter, what's it to you if he lives forever? You, follow me. Follow me. Follow, it's, it's, it's a word that's a, both a command and an action. You can't, ha- you can't separate the two. You can't say, well, they told me to follow without someone inherently asking the next question. Well, did you? You know, I mean, you, don't, you, you, can't, you can't say, well, they told me to follow and then get away with, but I didn't. Well, there you go. There's the problem. The command was as clear as it gets. Follow me. And if you don't follow... That's why we got what we got. You know? As my good friend Mike Adams would say, it ain't rocket science. Follow me, so follow. In an old country church, not all that far from town, revival services were announced and many came from all around. For the first time, a poor boy stood nearby afraid to come until he saw a schoolmate. That was his best friend. Come on, he said. You can sit with me. And he introduced the boy to his family. The service began with victory in Jesus. And what a friend. Why, the people sang so loud it made the church bell ring. And then the preacher said, it's time to thank the Lord with our offering. The little boy had nothing to give. And when the usher laid the plate in the boy's hands, it looked so big. Sadly, he had to pass it along. While to himself, he began to sing A song. What can I give a king, the creator of everything? What can a child like me bring to a king? The next night the little boy came again, and even though it was cloudy and it began to rain, this little boy had a smile that was as wide as his face because he had a plan. When the usher laid the plate in the boy's hands, he held on to it and slowly placed it on the floor. Then he whispered a prayer to the Lord. A holy hush came on the scene. All eyes were on the little boy. What could this mean? To their surprise, the boy stepped into the plate as if looking toward heaven and began to sing, I give me, I give me all that I was, all that I am, and all I'll be. I give me, I give me. Not just a part, but all that I am and all I'll be. The usher stood and began to cry. For in that moment he too realized he was poor. But in his spirit he had drifted from the king. He had ran to the altar 
with a broken heart. And he began to sing with the little boy, I give me, I give me. The choir stood and began to sing, I give me. The people stood and began to sing, I give me all that I am, all that I was, and all I'll be. I give me, that's, that's what I'll bring. That's what I'll bring to the king. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, don't let us leave this place until we've settled it with you. Until we've answered the question, what will you bring? Talents, gifts, abilities, your voice, your encouragement, your finances, your time, your energy. Until we've settled it with you, that we'll, we'll give it all. You can have us, you can have me, until it's clear, until there's a peace in our lives, until it's been settled, don't let us leave. Until we know that we can walk out those doors and say to a lost and dying world, I've given me, and now I give myself away to you. There's a Savior that loves you, and His name is Jesus. But Lord, may it begin in each of our hearts by knowing that we are fully surrendered this morning. We trust you to do the work. Help us this day as the worship team leads us and as they sing. And if you want to join in, you can. If you need to come and pray, I just invite you to do that or where you're at. But don't leave until you've settled it. Lord, what do you want? What can I give a king? I give me.